Hello and welcome back to In Bed with Lisa. You are in the right place for pleasure positive conversations that are going to help you to have more fun in bed. Today we're taking a slightly different angle. I have a fantastic guest. His name is Jaime Romani and he is from The Pleasure Project. The Pleasure Project are an organization that is dedicated to putting the sexy back into safer sex. And what Jaime is going to talk to us about today is the importance of including pleasure on the curriculum of comprehensive sex education. This is a really interesting chat. I hope that you're going to enjoy it. And if you want to find out more about The Pleasure Project, you can do so at thepleasureproject.org. Hi, thank you for having me here, Lisa. My name is indeed Jaime Romani. Uh, I work for The Pleasure Project and my pronouns are he, him. Thank you so much. It is an absolute pleasure to use that word once again to have you here. I know that you are doing some incredibly important work right now with the fellowship and projects. Um, you're the coordinator for all of the good work that is happening inside of the Pleasure Project. For anybody who doesn't know about the Pleasure Project, and I mean they should because you are really making waves, like a pleasure wave, we'll get onto that. Um, but what is this organization all about? Yeah, thank you so much for asking me that. Um, the Pleasure Project is an inter international organization. Um, and basically, we, what we do is we promote um, pleasure-based inclusive uh, sexual health. And in order to do that, we create and have promoted different initiatives. Um, we work you know, very much with communities, local communities. Um, but especially, we create bridges between you know, the public health world and basically the pleasure world, right? Because what we want to do is we want to create and we want to promote a, a, a basically address how um, the pleasure-based uh, um, focus is more important than and more relevant than, you know, the more traditional narratives on sexual health and on reproductive health, which have been more um, on the side of, you know, fear and risks and um, basically things that have not been as effective as, say, you know, pleasure-based inclusive sexual health. Mm, so I guess a lot of people are familiar with like abstinence-only education or like the fear-based education that you mentioned. And so the Pleasure Project, as you said, is aiming at a slightly different direction. So what is the benefit of including pleasure in this curriculum? Yeah, so there's many evidence, there's very recent evidence, um, including a study that we did as pleasure, um, as the Pleasure Project with uh, the WHO, um, who organization, um, the World Health Organization on pleasure inclusive um, sexual health initiatives. And it proves that um, those initiatives that included a pleasure based focus on, on, their, on their initiatives are basically more effective than those mm -hmm. um, on, you know, the, the fear-based narratives, the um, risk-based narratives on um, certain elements and factors, including, you know, more um, sexual confidence on people, more autonomy, more, um, you know, a higher use of um, condoms for a HIV mm -hmm. and other STI preventions, um, and, you know, less risk factors associated with those practices. So we're seeing that, you know, using and incorporating an effective pleasure-based uh, approach has um, more um, positive outcomes for sexual health and reproductive health and our general mm -hmm. well-being, right? So that is why it's very, very important to include it also as an approach for, you know, our sex education system, you know, and mostly because we've also been 
you know, a lot of evidence, you know, including those evidence on, you know, the use of abstinence-only programs on sex ed that have showed and um, basically that those approaches are less effective or they're not effective at all um, compared mm -hmm. to those on more sex-positive approaches and pleasure-based ones. Amazing. And I think people have got a lot of fear around this. They think if you teach children and young people and adolescents about pleasure, then they're going to be wanting to be more promiscuous early on. But that's not actually what you found, right? That's not what the evidence is saying. No, not at all. And I think that's it's very rooted on how pleasure and basically just everything when we talk about sex is very still um, rooted on taboo, on, you know, the fear of talking about sex. And, you know, generally when we think about pleasure, maybe a lot of people, a lot of parents and a lot of, you know, um, groups that have a lot of resistance over, you know, discussing pleasure, they think of, you know, pleasure is about orgasms or it's about pornography, et cetera. But rather, pleasure is a very broad concept on sexuality, mm -hmm. as is sexuality itself. It's not, sexuality is not only about sex or penetration, it's more broad. Um, so when we talk about pleasure, we are also talking about, you know, security and um, consent and privacy, right? Um, we're yeah. talking about situations where, you know, maybe I'm someone that is having sex with someone and, you know, I'm not using a condom and that is making me feel very unsafe, right? And yeah. that, that feeling of unsafety uh, can lead to, you know, having more pain during, you know, our sexual yeah. experiences. Or maybe I don't feel relaxed enough uh, to feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. So I'm having, you know, more difficulties having pleasurable experiences. And basically what we're really aiming for is for people to have safe, but also very pleasurable experiences uh, during sex, right? I love it. And that goes in hand with your, with the mission statement, which I love. Is it something like putting the sexy into safer sex or something yeah. like that? I just think it's Absolutely. brilliant. Putting the sexy into safer sex. So one thing I love about the Pleasure Project is the toolkit that you provide completely free on your website for sex educators and other people working in this realm to just go and access to support their clients. Could you tell, tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. So currently, actually, our toolkit is being um, updated. So people okay. will soon have access to a new version of their toolkit. Um, it's not available just yet, but you can access our previous one. Um, mm -hmm. uh, Which is I great. Would, yeah, but I would <laughs> definitely encourage those uh, who are listening <laughs> to wait a little bit more and see the final updated version. And basically, it's a toolkit for people who are working on the field or you know are interested in starting a conversation on pleasure um, mm. with different you know um, both guidelines, but also you know suggested um, work activities so that they can apply it as well within you know, their own context and um, settings. Uh, but also, you know, going beyond the toolkit itself, we have also started um, a new, a, a basically a new resource that is available on our, our website as well, which is called the Pleasure Principles. And it is a I guide. Can. Yeah, it is a guide basically that is aimed at, you know, anyone, you know, organizations, um, advocates, people who are really interested about pleasure, but don't really know where to start. Um, and it's basically a very important tool for people who really want to start or set up this conversation around pleasure. And it is a guide. It is a series of principles, you know, um, that will help you um, talk about pleasure in different ways. And I think it's also very interesting on, you know, being strategic as well on how to use this, um, this tool on different settings that might be also very difficult to address, you know, 
talking about mm. sexual health and reproductive health or talking about pleasure is particularly difficult. Um, and yeah. it can be particularly difficult in different countries, different cultures, etc. Um, so I think these, these different pleasure principles are also an opportunity, you know, to find ways in which we can promote pleasure-based and pleasure-inclusive um, sexual health initiatives in different contexts without, um, you know, without dealing with so many, so much confrontation or with tools and, you know, abilities that can help us deal with mm -hmm. those um, challenges. Amazing. Wow. So many great resources on your site. So we've been speaking about how people can get involved and use your tools to better themselves and the way that they educate others. So why don't we talk about something that I know is really timely right now? It's really happening and it's open. I've seen such a buildup on online and on social media. But tell us about the fellowship of the Pleasure Project. What does that mean? What were the like who were the fellows before and what do you looking for next who can be a fellow tell us all the things <laughs> absolutely yeah so we've been doing a little bit of a tease on our social media and we finally started the application process uh, last week on our pleasure fellow scheme for this year um, the pleasure fellow scheme is a fellowship as you just mentioned um, and it is open for anyone um, who is interested in you know participating in this opportunity um, to learn more about pleasure um, but also to learn more and develop, you know, a project. Um, the <laughs> selected fellows will have the opportunity to apply up to a thousand US dollars for funding to develop mm. a project of their own. Basically, that's related to pleasure. Um, and it's been really interesting. For me, it, it really is something that um, it, it's really close to my heart because I was one of the previous fellows for the oh, wow. first, yeah, for the first 2021 version of the of the fellowship and it's really, really great because you share a space with people from all over the world um who are just as passionate as you are from you know on on pleasure yeah. or reproductive health so it's really an opportunity not only to learn more about you know pleasure itself the evidence um mm -hmm. how to develop a project <coughs> that can be sustainable that can include you know different elements on pleasure but also to learn more about the people from all over the world and how they them are themselves are dealing with you know their own projects their own difficulties their own challenges yeah. you know it's really a great opportunity to also to learn you know the different tactics and strategies to you know overcome uh those different problems and i think it's a really really fun experience people are you know applicants are open applications are open up to june 5th um, okay so we will need to yeah. take action <laughs> yeah and basically, you can um, access the application form on our website. Um, mm -hmm. It's not very long. <laughs> and we've already see received a, a, a long list of, of applications. So I'm excited mm -hmm. to see that people are themselves excited about this. Um, so I would encourage you know, everybody um, who is interested in this to participate. I love it. Okay, great. So tell us when you were a fellow, could you tell us a little bit more about your journey? So what what was it that made you apply and how did you enjoy it? So you've said you were able to connect with a lot of people around the world, but maybe you can give us a little bit more of an insight into your story. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been working on the world of sexual reproductive health for about um, seven years. Um, I started off working on workshops related to 
the sexual reproductive health of LGBT the people from the LGBTQ community in Chile. Um, and then I started uh, working for a nonprofit um, based in Chile as well on HIV prevention. And basically, one of the things that I noticed, um, because you know Chile has a very important, um, very important challenges on HIV um, redu case reduction, basically. Um, but I noticed that essentially all of the efforts of the government and the state were often very tailored on, you know, this fear narrative, this risk narrative, you know, and working for this organization, I pretty much said to myself, you know, we need to change this. We need to be more, on the one hand, innovative, you know, we can't keep doing the same things over and over again. But on the other side, it was, you know, we need to do things that are effective. And the evidence is pointing at us that it's really, really effective. And I guess it was between those years that I stumbled across the Pleasure Project. And it just, everything about it makes, made sense to me. It clicked as something that, you know, this is what works. And this is what we need to, like, you know, work on to promote even within our organizations. And <clears throat> at that point, I guess I... Uh, applied for the, the the fellowship, you know, and I was selected and it was such a great experience, but it also allowed us to, you know, it allowed me to not only develop a project, which I'm going to talk about a little bit more right now, but also to, you know, be more in touch with the organization, right? Um, it was an opportunity for us to, as an organization back in Chile, to endorse the personal principles, which is something that, you know, organizations and collectives from around the world can do. Mm -hmm. um you know and it was really really great for that um sure. yeah and in terms of the project that i developed which i think is what something that was really exciting for me um because it you know as i said the scheme really provided this opportunity to do something that i was really passionate about and that i really mm -hmm. didn't have the funds to do on my own um mm -hmm. and essentially i did a online campaign on sexual anal health you know okay basically centered and aimed at gay men, queer men, and other men who have sex with men in Chile, you know, and a very pleasure-focused approach to it. So basically, it was very, you know, trying to resolve questions that many gay men and other queer men in Chile had about anal sex. Um, how do we make, you know, anal sex more pleasurable and avoid, you know, many things and challenges um, with that practice, you know, including, you know, tearing um, or fissures yeah. or, you know, bleeding or maybe even, you know, hygiene, you know? Yeah. Um, so it was really interesting. And I worked with different organizations, local organizations in Chile who work on sexual reproductive health to promote the campaign, but also to have different um, opportunities for, you know, the audience to engage with health professionals, activists, mm -hmm. advocates, et cetera, to ask questions and learn more about um, anal sexual health with a pleasure, uh, positive approach, yeah. That sounds incredible, Jaime. Thank you for sharing that. Where can we learn more about your project in particular? So I've been sharing uh, that project through um, the different organizations that um, that participated in this project. So mm -hmm. that, you know, maybe I can share some of the links of the organizations where you can see and check it out, the, the campaign, basically. 
Amazing. Yes, please. Please definitely share those with us. And so if somebody is listening now and thinking that that sounded really great, I'm curious about coming, becoming a fellow myself. Um, do they need to have a project in mind already? Like, do you think this is for people who like know what they want to do and know what they would use the funding for? Or can somebody maybe be curious and maybe go through the application and develop the idea along the way? What do you think? So in our application process, we do ask people to, you know, um, provide like some info on a project that they like to develop, but we also okay. we also understand that you know things can change, projects can change eventually. So <clears throat> it's it's very preliminary. If people can, okay. you know, we also we provide the opportunity in the fellowship itself to change you know your project, um, right? And, and to you know maybe throughout the scheme, you realize, hey, this is not what I really want to do, or maybe it's not that feasible, you know, based mm -hmm. on what I've been learning in the sessions. Or maybe, you know what, throughout these sessions, I realized I really want to tackle this particular issue because it's really, really important. Um, yeah. Or maybe, you know, <clears throat> recently in my community or in my country or in my culture, this or that uh, just, you know, is happening very, very um, frequently. So I really, really want to tackle that issue. So. It, it's not a problem if people um, and applicants are, you know, interested in changing their project later on. So that, that's not going to be an issue. Okay. Great. And I'm curious to know for you as a fellow, what was the highlights? What was the highlight of your experience while you were there? <laughs> Sorry, I keep like, every time you try and take a drink of water, I've got uh, another question. Up. <laughs> no, no worries. Um, I, I really want to say that it was knowing everyone who participated in the scheme. It was, yeah. it was such a great experience for me because it, it was one of the those really little few opportunities where you get to like really interact with people from all over the world, mm -hmm. from Nepal, India, um, <gasps> the UK, uh, you know, it, it was like people from all over the world and now we're still in touch, you know, even oh. this was 2021 and you know, many years later, we're still, you know, communicating with each other. We're still working with each other, you know, because we, we essentially we've become, you know, very close, but we're also a network of people who are working on yeah. the same field. So it's really mm -hmm. useful if we, you know, I know exactly what they're working on on the different, you know, topics and subjects. So it's really, really fun, but also yeah. really, really convenient when you're thinking, okay, I really need someone who knows a lot about this topic, who's passionate about this and, that I'm familiar with. And so it's yeah. really easy to reach out to them. And, you know, we really have a really great, great connection and it's really, really great to, to, to be able to reach out to them just as great. Amazing. Yeah, so if anybody is listening who is passionate about sexual health, wellness, pleasure, and who has like an idea in their mind of something they would do if only they could get their hands on funding and they want to be connected with a network of other like-minded people around the world, and they should absolutely make their application, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, no absolutely. And what is the website? So they need to um, go to um, the pleasureproject.org. And once mm -hmm. they got in there, there'll be a, you know, just like a tab that says apply. And then they have the application form. And it's really that right. easy. Yeah. And everything you'll find... Basically, you'll find all of the information about the, the application, about the Pleasure Fellow Scheme. There's a frequently asked questions section just below with all mm -hmm. of the questions that I think might emerge through your application. Um, but if you have any other question, you can always um, write to me. My email address is also um, shown in the, in the application 
uh, website. So it's not going to be a problem if you have any other questions or technical issues. But so far, it's all it's been good. We haven't had any technical problems. So yeah. Brilliant. And so that is thepleasureproject.org. And then look for the apply tab. Um, and you said the deadline is the 5th of June. Is that right? Yes, 5th of June. Yes. 5th of June. And there's just one more thing that I just want to mention as well. Mention Not only those benefits that we just said about being connected with a network, etc. But as you mentioned earlier, the Pleasure Project is, it has a seat on a global stage like there have been recent meetings with the world health organization they were pivotal in their work with the world association for sexual health and the the was declaration on sexual pleasure like the pleasure project is really putting in the work it's doing the things to make pleasure priority in the world so if anybody is curious please please go and learn more i think you're going to be incredibly impressed um thank you so much for your time today jaime it was a pleasure to meet you and hear about your passion and your project and learn more about the fellowship thank you lisa for the invitation and for the opportunity to talk more about this it's really really an important issue for us um and yeah we're very happy to um you know get to to, to share this invitation for the application process for the Pleasure Fellow Scheme for anyone that's interested. And I would encourage everyone that anyone that's listening and that's interested, you know, in this to go ahead and apply. Uh, we're very, very excited to, you know, learn more about the applications and start reading them. So that was my interview with Jaime Romani from The Pleasure Project. They are doing such important work and I really recommend that you check them out. They're putting the sexy back into Safer Sex since 2004. So if you're a pleasure educator or anybody who's involved in this work, then definitely go and check them out at thepleasureproject.org. I hope that you enjoyed today's conversation and I look forward to seeing you next week. Bye.